0: And it made it feel like his world was falling apart because his mom was falling apart. Welcome to Habits & Humor, where you come to make serious progress without taking life too seriously. This podcast shows how we can use embarrassing moments as empowering tools to help us create powerful daily habits and enjoy life at the same time. I'm Susie B., author and creator of Life Conscious and master of all things embarrassing, This is Habits & Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn, choose to live. Hey, welcome back. I am Susie B, personal trainer, habits coach, and your go-to for helping you to decide what are the simplest things I can do right now to make the biggest difference over time. That's kind of my jam. That's kind of my expertise. And if you're here because you're maybe overwhelmed by all the options you have out there, I totally understand. And I'm totally here for you. One of those things that's overwhelming is knowing who to turn to when we need support. That word support gets thrown around in the universe a lot right now in different ways. And today I kind of want to break down what exactly is support and how can you maximize your support in your life so that you have incredibly strong and powerful relationships and So, that you can be successful in many, many areas of your life all at the same time. So, let's first talk about a funny story. Actually, this isn't really a funny story. This is kind of an interesting story. This totally caught me off guard. And it really is a perfect example of what the different levels of support can be and should be in your life. So, a few months ago, I was doing one of those days where you're in super mom mode. I have four kids and they're all young. My, young. my oldest is 12 and my youngest is five. And at this time, my oldest had a track meet and I was going to volunteer to help her team out at the track meet. At the same time, my middle child had a church activity that she needed to go to. And my in between there, my 10-year-old boy, he had to ride the bus over to this high school so that he could go to the track meet with my other daughter. So I've got these three kids that are doing all different things. And then I have my youngest, who's five. My husband agrees. He's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take the five-year-old with me to the track meet, and we'll just sit and watch. And I'm like, okay, I'll get the other three squared away. They'll find you in the bleachers. We'll figure this all out. Somehow there was a miscommunication, and I didn't tell my eight-year-old daughter to ride the bus to the high school and wait with her dad until her activity at the church and she got very confused and so she got lost on the way to the track. She's just wandering around in this field and she's very, very upset. And so she's crying. And I can see her from the field. I'm in the middle of the track field and I can see her outside the fence crying because she can't find where the bleachers are. So I leave the event that I'm coordinating. At that moment, I was coordinating the long jump pit. And so I, you know, grabbed another coach and just said, Hey, can you run this for just a second? And My husband was in the bleachers with my younger son. And so all of this is happening all at the same time. And my daughter's uh, jumping the long jump right now. So he's watching her compete with our five year old. And then um, our ten year old is still coming from the school and the eight year old is lost. So I go over and I, I find the eight year old and I'm like, hey, let me tell you where to go. Are you okay?" And she's very upset. So I have to calm her down a little bit and I get her over to the bleachers to sit by her dad. And at this point, she's calmed down and everything is fine. And then our 10-year-old, he comes later and he had been out for a while. I guess he had just been hanging out with his friends, but I kind of thought he was lost and my husband thought he was lost. So we have at least one kid, if not two, that are lost (laughs) as I'm trying to help our oldest and he's trying to help our youngest. And there just was a lot of parenting mayhem happening at this track meet. (laughs) And this was a moment of I tried to do it all and I didn't do it all well. I ended up doing everything in a less in a subpar manner. And so the things that needed to happen didn't end up happening well. My middle, you know, my daughter got lost. My I missed my oldest daughter's long jump because I had to go and, and find my lost kid. And then um my husband and I didn't know where the, the 10-year-old was because that miscommunication. All of these different things stacked up at the same time. And For me, this provided a really heavy experience of mom guilt. This was one of those days where I screwed it all up. You know, I made my daughter cry and I missed my older daughter's long jump. And um, I forgot to bring snacks for the five-year-old and all of these different things that were my responsibility. But because I had spread myself thin and stretched myself thin, I had dropped the ball in multiple ways for all of these kids. And rather than face the situation and remedy and and just fix it. I then proceeded to tear myself apart mentally. I'm a terrible mom. I should not have volunteered. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. You know, all of these different things were my responsibility and I'd failed at all of them. So you guys have been there. You've done that thing where you start to tear, tear yourself apart and tear yourself down for a mistake that you made. Yes, it was a mistake, but all of my kids were still alive. They were all there. They were all in one place. They were all safe. And I could have just let the situation go, realized, okay, next time I'm going to learn a lesson from this where I need to communicate better with both my spouse and my four kids, make sure everybody knows what's going on, remember the snacks and remember the other things that I had forgotten. But at the same time, I need to just realize it was one experience. If I could learn from that and just, you know, put that into the next time that I'm doing this multitasking, then it would be fine. I could learn a lesson from this one and, you know, make it different, make it better the next time. But rather than do that, rather than see the lesson in the experience, I decided to feel that mom guilt, really sit in it and allow it to become a problem for me. I really beat myself up about this. And uh, that evening, I decided I needed to make up for it. (laughs) So I cleaned my entire house like a tornado and I was just running around doing all of these things and... Uh, The kids were like, hey, I came into my kid's room and I started cleaning my kid's room and they could tell I was stressed and they're all, well, why don't we just clean our own rooms? And I said, no, this is my responsibility. I should clean your room. And my kids are like, no, this is not your responsibility. We should clean our own rooms. And so I was still just in my mode of, of darkness in my mind in that mom guilt mental place. So I just thought I have to do everything. And so I cooked the meal and I cleaned and I did all the housework and all of this stuff. And my kids were helping at the same time, but I was trying to convince them not to help. And that night I broke. I broke down, as you can all expect. When you push yourself mentally and physically beyond what you're capable of, you're going to hit the breaking point. And my breaking point was I ended up just sitting on the steps outside my gym door. I had taken out the garbages out to the gym, or I mean, out to the garbage can outside. And I just broke down sobbing. I was just crying and I was sitting on the ground realizing all the mistakes that I had made and just sitting in this loathing, the self-loathing, self-pity situation. And my son who's 10 and he is very, very sensitive. He's a very sensitive boy and he's very emotionally attached to whoever he's around. And so when he sees me crying, he immediately starts crying. <laughs> and so he and I are both just sitting on the floor outside of our garage, just crying together. I thought, you know, that's what's nice of him to come and, and offer me support And I just told him, hey, I'm sorry that I did this wrong and I did this wrong. And I kind of offloaded all the things I was upset about to him. And I just explained to him why I was crying so hard. And I thought, oh, this was nice of him to come and sit with me and offer me some support. This son, he also struggles a little bit with some anxiety and depression occasionally. And so we have some coping mechanisms for him that he's worked through and some things that he does on his own to manage his mental health the next day I woke up and I felt better and went around doing the normal things. And he seemed a little bit off at breakfast. And so he had his breakfast and I just said, buddy, are you doing okay? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. And then he said, thank you for breakfast. And he went to school. And then after school, he came home and I could tell he was still upset. I just took him up to his room and I said, Hey, let's have a little chat. And so we went up and chatted and I said to him, why are you upset? And he just broke down crying. And he said, mom, Yesterday, when you told me that you were doing things wrong and that you felt like everything was your responsibility and all of these things that you had messed up, I felt like the world was falling apart. I felt like the sky was falling in and the world was about to end. This blew my mind. I had no idea by my expressing my own frustrations with myself to my 10-year-old that he would internalize that. And it made it feel like his world was falling apart because his mom was falling apart. So in this moment, I realized he was not the right person for that kind of support. I've had emotional struggles before, and I talked to my husband about them. I talked to my best friend about them. I talked to my sisters or my mom about them. Those conversations are very helpful. In this circumstance, I realized I needed to understand that the support he was giving was not healthy for him. Was it healthy for me to vent and express what I was upset about? Sure. But I needed to be more conscious and more aware of who it was that I was asking to support me in this situation. You can't tell your child that you're a terrible parent. (laughs) That's not the kind of support. That's not the support person for this circumstance. And so this was when I sort of had this light bulb moment of, okay, this wasn't, the support level he needed to offer me he needed to just be there with me and and you know he was it was okay that he came and sat and cried with me but i didn't need to verbalize all the things i was so upset about that day to him i could have written those down in a journal i could have told them to my therapist i could have talked to my husband or my sisters or my mom someone about those situations who is more empathetic they've been there they've experienced those things they can give me a little bit of feedback and offer hey you know what i've been there it's okay here's some encouragement you can keep going but my son was not that person. He's never been a mom. (laughs) He doesn't know what those feelings are like. And so for me to offload all of that onto him was really, really confusing and it became problematic for him. And so I apologized and just told him, Hey, you know what? Everything is okay. I was just having a bad day. And I apologize that I told you all of those things and, you know, we fixed the, the problem. And he just said to me, I don't like it when I see you like that mom. And I kind of had this light, another light bulb moment of my mood, the way that I behave emotionally affects the people around me. So then I chatted with my husband about this and I said, hey, does that affect you as well? And he is much more um, introverted than I am. I'm an extrovert. He's more of an introvert. And he just said to me, yeah, when you, when you're up and you're high on your energy and and you're happy when you're having you know a good day, I have a better day. So then I realized, okay, so my happiness, my joy, my mood affects my family. And then I had this moment of pressure of holy smokes. I have to be happy all the time in order for my family to be happy. And I just realized like, I can't do that. That's impossible. But then I also realized that was a false belief in that moment. No, their happiness is not dependent on me and my mood. I do not have to be in a good mood all the time in order for my family to be happy. However. My expressing what is going on in my life does affect my family. So this was the grand moment of where it all came together for me. The different levels of support. Imagine like a Venn diagram, you know, the circles that sort of overlap in the middle. There are people in each of these circles and there are parts of your life that each of these people can support you with. For example... If you are a mom, you can talk to other moms and they will understand what you're going through. If you are married, you can talk to your spouse because they are also married. (laughs) and They can understand what you're going through. That's why open communication in these circumstances is so important because you're talking to someone who understands what you're going through. There's also circumstances where people don't know what you're going through. People don't understand what you're doing. I'll give you, for example, I have several clients that when they start to change their health, their family, their spouse, their best friends suddenly become distant from them because they don't understand anymore. And they're telling this person, hey, you've changed. You're a different person now. And, you know, we can't bond over drinking soda together anymore. We can't bond over our treat runs anymore. And that frustrates some people because they no longer understand the situation. But that's the beauty of the different levels of support. You don't have to share your meals with the people who are on a different health track than you in order to share time with them. You don't have to share your business plans with your family members if they don't know and understand your business. You don't have to share your bad days about parenting with your children because they've never been parents. This was the grand realization that I had about support is find the people who understand the situation that you need help with. And get that specific help and support then from those specific people. Another example would be family members. You, If you have siblings, you know what, the, what I'm talking about here. You all have different personalities and you all have different lifestyles. And if there are certain lifestyles that you don't agree with with your siblings, maybe you have different political views or maybe you have different lifestyles and those things sort of clash, it ends up hurting the relationship unless you use the separate, the separate levels of support. Maybe you have a sibling who drinks alcohol and you don't. You don't have to share those times together. You don't have to go together and do those specific activities because you're going to have different views about that. And it's probably going to lead to an argument or something like that. But guess what? You can still share time with that sibling You can still have fantastic experiences and relationships with that sibling. You just don't need to talk about that specific part of your life. I know I'm going to get some backlash on this and people are going to be like, well, you should be able to be yourself all the time and talk to everybody about everything. I'm telling you, if you want your relationships stronger and if you want your own mental health to be in a really safe place and a positive place, no what your common interests are with the people in your life and talk about those things. Yes, it's important that we're all different and that's a beautiful thing and we can absolutely talk about our differences and things like that. But if you know that if you have a difference with someone that always causes a rift, always causes contention, always causes you to fight, you don't have to talk about that thing with that person. You don't have to talk about that thing with that person. So when I'm having a bad day, I know that I have four different people that I can talk to about it. If I'm having a day where I'm having mom guilt, I'm probably going to call my mom and talk to my mom about it because she gets it. She understands it. If I'm having a day where I feel like I'm struggling in my business, I'm going to call my friend who also owns a business. And she Can talk me through this because she's been there. She's several steps ahead of me in her business, and I can talk to her about that. If I'm struggling with being a woman and just having these self deprecating thoughts, I'll call my sisters because they are also women who have these same issues. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? Find the people who have commonality with you and focus your relationships on the common points. Yes, it is important that you be yourself all the time and you live entirely as you. You are in the middle, in the center of that Venn diagram. All the parts of you are present there. And all the different supports from all the different sides can come in and meet you in that point. But there are parts and pieces of your life that it's okay to separate out. There are different experiences and different activities and different things in your life that it's okay to not invite certain people to. If I have a super athletic sibling, I'm probably going to invite that sibling when I go do super athletic things. If I have a more artsy person in my family and I go to do artistic things, I'll probably invite that person to go. Here's a simple example. My husband doesn't love musical theater and I love musical theater. So when I want to go to a show, I'll ask him if he wants to go. He'll usually say no. And I will take my sister (laughs) because she loves it. Or I'll take my daughter because she loves it. And I don't have to be offended that he doesn't want to go. It's okay for him to know what he enjoys. It's okay for me to know that we enjoy different things and we don't have to do every single thing the same way. It's such a beautiful thing to have differences. It's such a beautiful thing to be unique. But understand that you need to leave that space. Give that other person a place where they can be themselves. They can be unique. I have a friend who really, really doesn't like to read. And so if I recommend books to her all day long, the conversation is going to go south quickly. She's going to get so bored if I'm talking to her about all the books I'm reading. However, I have a cousin who reads like a thousand books a day. If I have books I want to read or if I need recommendations, I'll chat with her because I know that's a fun conversation for both of us. I encourage you to just check out your relationships. Check out your level of support. Who are you talking to about these different things? And is it causing you contention? Is it causing tension and strain on your relationships or is it encouraging you? Is it giving you hope? Is it giving you a place where you can offer them hope as well? All of these relationships, remember, are two-way streets. So when you go to your sister about girl things, she can come to you. That's the beautiful part of opening up and being vulnerable with people you care about is that they know you care and they will come to you. Same thing with the whatever the relationship is. If you know that there's things in your marriage that are maybe difficult for you, talk to your spouse about them. When your spouse knows that you're struggling with something, they will open up to you about the things they're struggling with as well. That's where open communication and effective communication happens. Because when you know this is the person I should be. Communicating with about this. This is the person I should be sharing these things with and getting support with and offering support to about these different circumstances. Because now that street runs two ways. They come to you, you come to them, and you are able to build relationships based on things you understand about each other. Come to understand each other. You are made up of many, many, many layers, many, many different parts and aspects and different things, interests, loves, hates, all of those things are part of you find the different levels of support and know that it's okay to not offer all of it to everyone. It is okay to set up those boundaries. Often people talk about boundary setting right now, and I think that's what it means. Setting up boundaries means there are certain people that you talk to and do certain activities with, and there are other people that you do other activities and talk to about other things with. It's okay to put up different boundaries so that You know which people are there for you in your corner, in which circumstances. That's what support means. So whether you're sitting on the floor with your 10-year-old sobbing about your mom guilt, or you are going to play sports or going to a musical theater, whatever it is that you are doing, open your eyes. Be a little bit conscious about the support around you and what you're asking of the people around you and what you're offering to those people around you. No, my family's health and happiness does not depend on my mood. However, if I realize that my mood affects them, maybe I can remove myself from the situation and not be in a place where my mood brings their mood down. I can know that, hey, you know what? These are the times that I I can support them through their their things and they can support me through my things. Come to understand these situations. And a lot of this is going to be trial and error. Trial and error is the great and terrible thing because, I mean, you, you can't know if something's going to work until you've tried it. So I encourage you to experiment, but do it in a way that you're conscious of. Be, do it in a way that you can learn from and pay attention to. I now know that, you know, conversations about my mental health are not, my, my 10-year-old is not a safe place for that conversation. But my husband is. <laughs> he and I have these conversations all the time and it's very, very helpful for me and very, very helpful for him. Know who those people are and what those circumstances are so that you can offer support and you can get the support that you need in whatever the circumstances are. Speaking of support, if you guys are looking for some support and you're like, I need a person who understands mental health habits or understands physical health habits, someone who can help me with my health journey because I don't have support in that area, someone who can help me with these kinds of things, changing some habits in my life because I don't have the support in that area. Please reach out to me. This is what I do. If you go to susiebhabits.com, you can check out my prices for my one-to-one coaching. And on that list, um, it's mostly geared towards personal training, but if mental health habits or whatever the habits are that you need coaching on, that is my area of expertise. So if you need support in changing your habits, whether they be health, mental health, family, faith, finances, whatever your habits are that you are trying to get support with on how to change them, maybe you need some accountability, maybe you just need somebody to talk through some things with, please, please, please reach out to me. I am absolutely here for you. And that is what I do. It is so rewarding for me. That's why I've built an entire business around this, just because I love helping people to get the support they need with these kinds of changes. If you are working on personal development, if you are working on physical health, I would be happy to support you in those areas because I've been there. I know what you're going through and I know how to help you to improve. And to better your life. And I know how to listen so that you can walk through and figure out exactly what it is that you need to prioritize and then how to make that happen. All right, you guys, thanks for being here on another week of habits and humor. And I hope you learned something both about mental health, about support, about relationships, and about how you can get the help that you need for whatever it is that you're struggling with. This support factor has been so crucial to my mental health. This is such an important piece of my mental puzzle because I know who I can talk to, to clear my head. I know who I can run to, to get help. And I know how I can reach out and and have those conversations with people who maybe don't have that support. Look around, be conscious, live your life conscious. That's why the book is called what it is. And look for the people who need the support from you. Where can you offer support for them and what people are in your life that maybe you need to put up a boundary with or maybe you need to reach out to about a specific thing because you know they've been there. They're willing to talk to you about it. I almost guarantee it. I hope you are feeling empowered and I hope you feel that you are capable of getting the support and offering the support that you need. Thanks for joining us today on the Habits and Humor podcast, where you come to laugh and learn and then take action. If you're loving what we're doing here, take action and join the conversation in the Habits and Humor Facebook community, or follow me on Instagram at Suzy B. Life, where you'll find workouts, recipes, things that make you laugh, and other simple tips and habit hacks to make your life simpler, happier, and healthier. And hey, if you're ready to maximize your progress with minimal time and effort Head to suzybhabits.com to learn about my brand new mobile personal trainer app that makes it possible for you to stay consistent and get results daily, no matter where you live, how crazy your schedule, or how tight your budget may be. Until next time, go make some serious progress, but don't take life too seriously. I'm Susie B, and this is Habits and Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn, choose to live.